Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm here with our co-host, Mark Griffith. Thank you so much for joining us. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Thank you guys for stopping in. And as you all know, we're doing a five-part series with the United Way. The United Way just kicked off their campaign with with Mr. Ken Lowe from Scripps Network Interactive. Really a, a great job so far, doing some good things. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to sort of look behind the curtain uh, of what the United Way does. Been on an agency, some agency tours. And um, of course, Mortgage Investors Group has always been involved with um, United Way. And we're thankful for our partnership. Um, But this year, I'm a little more involved. I'm on the um, campaign cabinet and working with Mary and Tyler and Tom and the good folks um, that uh, are in the United Way, but also people who are involved in the volunteerism of that. And, you know, we have to have some guests on that know the United Way because that's the way that we communicate the mission and what it is that they're doing. Um, of course, last week we started off with the board chair. We had a great show last week with David Brace and also Ben Landers, the CEO and president of the United Way of Greater Knoxville. And today I am so grateful for the opportunity to have on the phone with us, Randy Boyd. Randy, are you there with us? I am. Wonderful. With you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Randy, thank you for taking the time away and uh, spending it with us. Thank you so much. I know that you have a lot going on and um, just being able to get someone who has uh, been so involved in the United Way over the years, um, it'd be a great perspective that you share. Um, And the first question, Randy, that I'd like to just hit um, you with is, you know, you were involved in the United Way a long time ago. There's a lot of places that you could share your time and also to help your employees get involved with volunteerism. But you guys really have made the United Way uh, one of your, you know, signature volunteer options. Um, not just now you're the chairman of the board, of course, radio systems, but now is your time um, continuing now with your campaign to, as for governor of, of the state of Tennessee. Can you talk to me just briefly, give me an overview of, of what it is about the United Way that attracted you? Well, so Jenny and I have been giving back for a long time, and we uh, it's something that we've dedicated the rest of our lives to, to doing. Um, and frankly, you know, I gave to the United Way because certain people would ask me to, but I didn't know it that well until I became the uh, the campaign chairman in 2014. Mm-hmm. And that year I discovered a lot of things that uh, I think I, I didn't really fully understand before. But one, as a philanthropist myself, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm really a very good philanthropist. And the reason why I say that, kind of like investing. Imagine you had bought a stock, you invested a stock, but you never actually followed up to see whether you got a good return on your investment or not. And I think myself and many people like me, you'll donate money to charities that you'll see on TV or to people that will call you up, but you never actually measure their effectiveness and hold them accountable. The nice thing about United Way is they have a team of people that do that in a working in a constructive way. But they, they whatever money that you invest through United Way, they're going to make sure that we get a good return on investment for our money. So that's, I guess, the one thing. The second thing that I, I discovered that United Way was great at was having a much broader view of what our community needs. They have a team of other volunteers like us that actually go through a process every year where they're reviewing hundreds of submissions for requests. They have a very thoughtful and, and thorough and professional way of determining where the, the money could be best invested. Me as an individual, 
it was really pretty random. It was something that I might have heard about, somebody that reached out to me. They have a much more methodical and thorough and effective way of doing it. And then the last thing, something as an individual donor, um, you can't really influence the, the different agencies um, to work together. However, if you're the United Way, you can. Mm. And one of the things I got to see firsthand was United Way would bring different agencies together in particular sectors to make sure that we weren't duplicating each other and having overlap, but, but that also make sure that we didn't have any gaps either. So and the, for those three reasons, accountability, broader perspective, and collaboration, I've become just a huge fan of United Way and their work. Now, that's really nice. Well, and you know, your time uh, with uh, Governor Haslam um, in a volunteer position and just an incredibly important one, helping form the Tennessee Promise and doing some things within the education, that's also a, a something that you obviously believe strongly in. And, and the cool thing is, and I'd like for you to elaborate and talk about this, um, the United Way, uh, education is one of the pillars of things that they look for when they support an agency, isn't it? Yeah, so United Way is actually supporting several different programs, which I'm, I'm actually also supporting either mm-hmm. through United Way or directly or both. Right. I'm, I'm very much personally involved in you mentioned uh, the Tennessee Promise, um, the organization that helps kind of provide the glue to make sure that scholarships actually get to the right kids, that kids apply for them, to make sure that mentors are recruited and the mentors are trained is something called Tennessee Achieves, which started in Knoxville, and United Way is a partner for them. Um, but another thing that um, we helped start uh, several years ago was something called the Full Service Community School, and it started with Pond Gap Elementary School. Mm. And Pond Gap um, provides all the support that a, a child needs at an early age for a, a well-rounded uh, education and, and also a, a secure environment. These kids get to uh, go stay an extra hour or extra three and a half hours each day at the end of school for an extra hour of reading, an extra hour of math, an extra hour of physics and phys ed, a hot dinner. The community volunteers will come in and teach uh, uh, GED classes to the parents, and it makes the school a hub for like Boy Scouts and Boys and Girls Club, uh, all these other United Way agencies to all come together and collaborate at the school. But the community school pro- program is also supported by United Way. And so there are just so many places. Everywhere I turn, um, there's somebody that's being supported by United Way. I used to say when I was a campaign chair in, in Tennessee or in Knoxville, there's only one de- degree of separation between all of us and one degree of separation between all of us and the United Way. Yeah. That's true. And I think I've either heard you say that or I've heard that, but that really strikes a chord in me, no doubt. And the health uh, and education and financial stability, those are the three pillars. And when, when the United Way looks to have an agency be a part of, that's what they're looking for. And I want to mention something that you just talked about, the pond gap and, and how it was that you um, you know helped to influence and be a part of and as an individual and a company. Um, you know, the, the thing that I think about is that the government does a lot for our community. I mean, they really do. This is a great community in Knoxville and Tennessee, all across the state. There's a lot of fantastic um, ways that the government partners with the private sector. But I wanted to ask you, you know, the government can't do everything for us, and we all know that. How do you kind of, as a, as a person that's on the cabinet this year, I'm trying to communicate to folks, you know, the government does a lot. But here's where we can fill the gap. Here's where we can come in and fill some of that void. Do you feel like the United Way is, is part of that solution? Oh, absolutely. I, I, when I went around, and as the uh, campaign chair, I visited all 44 agencies we were supporting at the time. I think mm. we're supporting more now. 52. But the, 
with old cases at 52 now. So and the thing that I was so struck by is um, how critical some of these agencies were to our community. And I couldn't imagine our community being able to uh, function without them. And Helen Ross McNabb, all the things that they do for battered women and uh, for uh, uh, children. And then I look at uh, Agape, another organization that gives a alternative for young women or women of any age that have gotten in trouble and they can go back and, and get, become drug-free and get back on a, on a career or a potential career and back with their children. But I could go on and on. American mm. Red Cross, all these organizations that um, I can't imagine our community being able to survive without them. And so they're just so critical. They fill such a huge gap. Well, oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I, and I think the thing, same thing, too. I'm looking just through the list, and it was sort of the same list that you just came up with. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's so many different organizations and agencies the ones that you know of, I mean, you know, Boys Club or Boy Scouts, also the Boys Club, Boys and Girls Club, yeah. um, STEM Scouts, you know, the list just goes on and on and on and on. And the number, you know, I, I think about just what my balance sheet is. I think about Pam and I, my wife, what we are, you know, giving. And we and we look at, okay, well, how much do you give? How much um, does that money actually go to the right people? And you mentioned it earlier on just a few minutes ago. Um we want to make investments that are actually going to do the most good. And so and you just nailed it. The United Way takes that fun, those funds and allocates them all throughout those three pillars, which, which are so important. And my, my thought was when I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking about the big brother, big sister is the one I was thinking about. And I think about all the kids that are out there that don't have that mentor. They don't have maybe a father figure. They need someone. They need someone to come into their life because we are going to be the hands and feet. And and that's just an example. And in the next segment, I want to go in through a couple of other ones that I experienced personally. But the big brothers and big sisters, well, that's, that's just going to help our community become a more healthy, just just centric on what's right for everyone and do, being a mentor is a great thing. And that's just an example, and you mentioned some other ones, of what exactly the United Way is doing. Great. Well, I look forward to have, have come, uh, talking about all of those. Absolutely. Well, and we have with us on the phone Randy Boyd. He's the chairman of the board for Radio Systems, and he's been uh, really involved heavily with the United Way. Um, he actually was also a, a campaign um ahead of the entire campaign just a couple of years ago very successful he um was one of the folks that came after pat summits of the world uh you have uh the voice of the balls bob kessling randy boyd um you have also robin wilhoyt and others and this year ken lowe who is the the campaign chair i mean uh they are following in randy's footsteps and he did a great job as well We're going to continue this conversation with Randy Boyd right after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Thank you for joining us. We're in the middle of our five-part series on the United Way, and we do have on the phone with us Randy Boyd. Thank you so much, Randy, for taking the time out of your day. I really appreciate it. Oh, glad, no, glad to be here. Thank you Absolutely. for having me. Um, you had you spent time with Ben, uh, Ben Landers. Um, talk a little bit about Ben's leadership over there. Ben's one of the consummate professionals. He's been doing this, I think, somebody could fact check me here, but I think maybe close to 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Uh, he's got everything so well organized uh, from the fundraising perspective to making sure that the funds are allocated in the most effective manner. Um, but he, I think Knoxville is blessed to have somebody like him that's so conscientious and so uh, um, in tune with the, 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 the community's needs. Yeah, he really is. And I tell you, he, I know he's been doing just the Knoxville um, United Way for 23 years, and then he had a stint as well in Los Angeles. He's, he's seen it from all over. And, and the thing that he said just the other day that made a, a really big impact on me was, you know, in, in Los Angeles, their United Way might have a different focal point because of the needs in that community. The greater of greater Knoxville United Way may have another focal point because of of what's going on in our community. So that's what I like about the United Way is that they can serve the needs of the community and really do that in a in a deliberate and conscientious way. So um, I wanted to also ask you this: uh, when you went through the United Way experience, we know that takes a lot of time. So when you were asked to do it, I'm sure it wasn't like you were immediately going, oh, yeah, let's do that immediately. Talk me through that that thought process yeah. because it's a big so time commitment. Yeah, so, so even though I was speaking about how great the organization was, the truth is I actually was very reluctant to make the commitment. You know, mm-hmm. as a CEO of a company uh, that took all my time, mm-hmm. I used to remember seeing United Way campaign chairs coming in to visit me each year. And it, it was, so many of them were friends of mine, and I would yeah. – start asking them how much time they were spending at it. And it was close to six months out of their year. And I thought, how, how could you possibly do that? Um, but so I remember the first time they asked me to, to be the chair, uh, you know, I, I kept coming up with excuses for two or three years. And then finally, very wisely, they said, well, how about, I think this was in 2009, they said, how about five years from now? And he thought, well, <laughs> surely in five years, I'll be free. So I, I uh, committed to 2014. And the next thing I know, it was it was there, and it was absolutely everything that I expected. Um, it was it was a, a, a tremendous time commitment, yeah. probably at least six months of my year, and it felt like it was my full time job. But the thing that I should have expected, but I didn't, it was worth every minute and more. I felt mm-hmm. like I was just so much better of a person as a result. I kind of wish everybody had the opportunity to be the campaign chair, mm-hmm. and I wish they could do it at a very early age. But they can be an loaned executive. There's so many other ways. Yeah. People can volunteer and lead and get to understand. You know, you don't just learn about uh, United Way. You get to learn about your community and all its needs. And then also you get to learn about all the great people and organizations in our our community that are stepping up and making a real difference. Mm. So it's, it's just an incredible uh, experience. Well, the time commitment, I understand, just being a cabinet um, on the campaign cabinet, certainly. But, I, you know, and I'm finding that I'm looking at the heartbeat of this organization and what they are doing and i'm really inspired by it because that's what they do and ben um i think i've told this story before but i'll tell it quickly again um went on some agency tours we got back to the united way and they um served us lunch and um i tell you he just came in and he was in another meeting he rolled up his sleeves and and he gave us the entire story of the united way and didn't skip a beat and you know it wasn't as if he gave us the highlights he dove in with those folks and really engaged with them so i'm very impressed by that um and also you know i know that you are running for governor did your time as the the chair did that really i mean because you were in a leadership position did that influence your decision at all you know in in some ways i think it did uh, demonstrate to me just how many how broad the needs are across our communities and across our state and as i said you know my my goal is to spend the rest of my life giving back and and uh, I think that public service is 
uh, if you if you can't be United Way campaign chair forever, uh, maybe the, the, another way to give back is through public service. Mm. There's so many ways in which you can reach so many people. Um, and so I, I think in, in a large part, it gave, showed me all the people and all the needs that our state has that, that I'm hopeful, you know, as governor, I, I can continue to, to be additional value added for and help and help support um, just like the United Way does. Oh, that's a good point. And um, did uh, doing what you did for the United Way influence your decision to become the owner of the Smokies? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I became the owner of the Smokies the year Oof. before that. Oh, no kidding. So that, those, those, those are independent. I've been wanting to be a baseball owner since I was, I was young. And you know, when the opportunity came up, I, I, I didn't hesitate. I think that's great. We love the Smokies. We love supporting them. Um, we love going out and giving them uh, definitely our our money and buying stuff. It's just a great experience. If, if anyone has had that experience, they already know that. If you haven't had that experience, I would um, highly recommend that you go get involved with that. Well, um, in the remaining moments that we have, which we don't have a lot of time left, and I know that you have to get back on the trail there, but I do want to talk about a couple of other things. And um, and hopefully you and I may have went to the same agencies, but we um, just went on that agency tour. And the ones that I went on, um, and I plan on going to more, certainly, but I was able to go and experience the Salvation Army and what they're doing in the mm-hmm. transitional housing, you know, for battered women and also for men who are maybe addicted to substances. And I'll tell you, I was I was if I had not been with other people, I probably would have been in tears. I was amazed by the heart, not just the heartbeat of, of the people who were there giving their time, but also of their leadership. And it was just amazing. Have you been through that agency tour? Uh, yes, I have. First off, it's okay mm. to have a, a tier or two. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, and I, we didn't mention Lauren Stewart, another person that's a rock star oh, with yeah. United Way. No doubt. She and I traveled to so many of the different agencies together, and there was there was tears shed in, in, in many of them, mm. uh, partially for the. Uh, and I, you know, I had, I had a friend that told me, "Gosh, it must be sad going to those places," and it's absolutely the opposite. It was encouraging, inspiring. Mm-hmm. And Salvation Army is one of those, and it's a longer longer story for a different different show. But we were we were. Our state is facing an opioid crisis, and, mm. and it's 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 destroying communities and lives. And um, it's, people have it have to have a place to go to recover and get well. And Salvation Army is one of the key uh, nonprofits that we have out there that's actually filling the void. Mm. And so, you know, I, I'm I'm so appreciative that they're there and making a difference. Yeah, and there was the also the. The, the the young ladies who were in you know had domestic violence in their life and there was this one room we visited and the room was not much bigger than the one that I'm in right now and they had four kids she had four kids in herself and the room was enough and and they I'm sure were grateful and it was just a really um, inspiring moment because she's on the road to recovery we hope and she has the she has the tools and she's been given um, what it is that she needs to make the right next move so yeah you're right yeah salvation army is one and then the other one that i went to um was child help i don't know if you've heard of child help oh yeah absolutely and yeah. I, that, that was yeah it was another one was very emotional oh. uh visits but it is again one that i can't imagine uh what would happen to these young children if oh, yeah. we didn't have if we didn't have them here in our community yeah. And, and and they they depend critically on, on United Way. Yeah, child help is a place where you go, um, and if a, a young person um, has uh, been the victim of some sort of abuse, whether physical, sexual, or mental, whatever, this is where they go as their very first initial interview because it's such a, tra- a trauma and, and crazy situation that there's this place called child help, 
and it's part of the rotation of money in one of the agencies. And they're there. They're that initial sort of um, filter for the family to come to. And they, they bring the police there. They bring the investigators there. And they have a, a big tree in the middle of their lobby. It's very kid-friendly. Everything's soft. And they have very nice people that work there. Everybody is genuine. And it's it's a very, very amazing um, whole, whole place. I mean, I was, I, I was in tears there. I have two kids of my own. I can't even imagine having to walk through those doors, but if I were ever to have to, I'm grateful to know that there's somebody like that in our community. And you think that their alternative would be for like a three-year-old that's already probably uh, suffered through some type of emotional trauma mm. uh, and, or physical trauma. And then for the very first place to go would be to a, uh, a, a police office mm. uh, in a very cold and sterile environment. With all, it would be just it would just add that much more to the trauma. This is a, a nice, safe, comfortable place for them to go to yeah. hopefully um, you know to get their lives back in order. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful organization. You nailed it, and it is. And I tell you, the collaboration between the DCS, or I think that's the the right um, mm-hmm. acronym, and also the FBI, TBI, and the Knoxville Police Department. Um, in Knox County Police Department is, is really amazing. And they describe that all of these agencies, not agencies that we donate to, but agencies like the government, they all work together for what's best for the child. And I think that is truly something to really take note of. And um, we're, we're actually almost out of time, Randy, but we only have one minute left. Um, there's so many. There's 52 agencies. If you're out there and you're listening, definitely go to the United Way's website. It's um, UW, um, United Way of Greater Knox, UWGK.org. So I'd love for you to go check it out. They have a new website, and it's really amazing. We'll be talking about that. But, Randy, I want to thank you for taking the time, and uh, good luck in the campaign, and um, we hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. That is Randy Boyd. Uh, He is the chairman of the board of Radio System, former campaign chair of the United Way of Greater Knoxville, and friend of the Housing Hour. Guys, we want to just let you know that we're going to be back in a minute. We want you to sit tight. And we've got another great guest in in just a moment. Thank you so much. We'll see you after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, Kevin Ray with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you so much for stepping into the Housing Hour. We also um, didn't mention this, but we have in studio with us, not on uh, the microphone, but we have Mindy Mercurio, who is one of our loaned executives. And uh, we're thankful for her being here. Definitely appreciate her volunteerism, she's doing a fantastic job, um, and that's what I hear from the United Way. So I know that she's really excited and stoked about our campaign. That Mortgage Investors Group is kicking off in October, and we have a great slate of speakers lined up, and we are hoping that we're going to grow the campaign, and uh, Mindy's doing a great job heading up that aspect of, uh, of MIG Cares campaign for the United Way. Um, so what a, what a great interview with Randy, uh, really just dedicated to the cause and appreciate everything he said. And I 
trust that um, he's going to do a great campaign. And now we're going to transition here because now we're going to talk with someone who actually is a staff member at the United Way. And the United Way, before we move on, and we sort of went over this, but it's really a volunteer-centric organization. And the United Way has been around for a long time. And there's all kinds of different flavors of the United Way. And I like how Ben puts it. He compares it to the McDonald's, if you will. He says that if you go to San Diego to the McDonald's, you're going to get the same meat and potatoes that you're going to get right down here on Broadway or on Kingston Pike. With the United Way, the logo, so you've got the Golden Archers, those are going to be the same, but the meat and potatoes are going to be different. So we have someone who knows the meat and potatoes better than anyone of the United Way of Greater Knoxville, and that's that's Bruton Couch. Thank you so much for joining us, Bruton. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for having me. I'm glad to be here. And I love your title, being that I do a lot of um, the types of things that you do. So you're Vice President of Branding and Messaging. And that is a, a really a title that um, is specific to, I think, specific not just to what you're doing for the United Way, but the messaging of the United Way is really, really strong. So before we get into the tiny house, because I'm very excited to share with everybody about that, tell us a little bit about what you do at the United Way. Well, so I just started at the United Way in mm-hmm. June, so mm-hmm. I had my 90-day review uh, mm-hmm. recently, and they decided to keep me around. Wow, so that's awesome. pretty excited about that. That's cool. But uh, a lot of what I've been doing for the past three months is talking about you know improving United Way's digital online presence. Mm-hmm. So United Way has a really strong worldwide brand mm-hmm. for all of the different um, United Ways throughout the country. But we're trying to really harness that brand and communicate how local it is Mm. to people here in Knoxville. Because while we do have those really strong brand assets, we are a Knoxville organization. And all of our money and all of our efforts focus on the Knoxville community and stay here in Knoxville. Yeah. So it's really about telling that story and making sure people understand that we help the most people in the greater Knoxville community. Right. And so did you have something to do with the new website that came about? I did. Yeah. That's kind of my baby. That's it's, awesome. It's what I've, I've been doing you. for the last three months. Really? It's really well done. So I would recommend anyone that's out there, you go to the website for the United Way of Greater Knoxville. So it's simple. You go to uwgk.org and you can go find a very user-friendly experience. It's very well done. It's It's so good. It's got... All the information that you would want to know, anybody that goes there, if they want to know who the leadership is, who the partners are, you can look at what agencies that you may be able to um, be a part of. And, you know, Randy talked about the agencies. So go there. And now let's move, let's transition. I want to come back to the branding and messaging. But as soon as you go to the website, because I'm sure your website's getting flooded right now with people. As soon as you go to the website, this little box pops up. It says the United Way tiny house auction. Talk to me about that. What is that? Yeah. So it's one of the really cool things that is going on in our campaign this year because Mm. our campaign chair is Ken Lowe, the um, CEO of Scripps Networks Interactive. Mm -hmm. So they donated us a tiny house. Mm -hmm. And when I say tiny, I mean really tiny. It's Mm -hmm. 123 square feet. And it was very functional. Yes, very functional. But it was built for DIY network Mm -hmm. and it was used in some of their online content. So Scripps has had that for a number of years and they decided to fix it up, bring it up to code and donate it it outright to United Way. So Mm. we've been auctioning it off for the past three weeks. It's an online auction and it has been open um, 
it will be open until September 25th. So mm. you have, okay. you know, just a few more days yes. uh, to place your bid. So 100% of those proceeds go to United Way. And right now the current bid is mm-hmm. $7,300. You're right. Um, if you look at the bidding history, we have a couple people that keep going back and forth. Nice. So you should throw your hat in the ring and mm-hmm. try and make it your own. Um, oh, I see that. Interesting. Well, I tell you a couple of things that I want to point out to people. First of all, I've been inside of this small house. Um, I know, Mindy, you have as well. Uh, Mark, I don't know if you have or not. Have no, you? Okay. Not, I haven't seen it It's yet. a great – where is it positioned right now? If pe- pe- First of all, you can go look at the pictures. I guess you can't actually get into it at the moment. You can't. Oh, you can't. Actually okay. – um, But you can see the pictures. Yeah, so – it will be on Market Square for the Saturday morning farmers market. Oh, nice! So, and okay. that's sort of the last hurrah for mm-hmm. people to see it two days before mm-hmm. um, the 25th. auction ends. Right now, for those of you who are listening to this live on air, you're listening, of course, to, to us on Saturday. Um, if you're listening through the podcast, the 25th may have expired, and so sorry for you for that. But if you listen, if you're listening to us live, then certainly go to the website. And I want to point out a couple of things. When you go on there and you click, you see that the value that they've estimated this this tiny house is $15,000. The current, just like you mentioned, bid on it currently is about 7300 So if you could get this thing under 15000 I think it's worth way more than that just from a nostalgic sort of, hey, this is this was a house that was built on the DIY network. It was used for their digital content. And um, what percentage of the proceeds are going to the United Way? 100%. Oh, and 100. I will also tell you that um, I have spoken with a gentleman here in town who builds tiny homes. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it and said that if he were to sell something comparable, it would cost the cost would be between thirty and $35,000 uh-huh. to plus, recoup time and labor. Plus it has labor. wheels. So it if somebody wheels. bought it here, they could take it to a market where it's really hot and mm-hmm. probably resell it. So yeah, exactly. Bid it up. Or, you know, we mentioned that, Mark, you could put it in the back of your house, and when your wife kicks you out, then you could have a nice little place. It has a bed. It has furniture and everything. It does, but I've got a doghouse for that. (laughs) Okay. All right. But does your doghouse have a toilet and a shower? Because this tiny house does. Yeah. It's it's really awesome. I mean, you can see the pictures right here, and it's really a neat little place. And, you know, tiny houses are sort of the fad, and there's a lot of people that, you know, purchase these homes and they build these homes and i personally probably could not live in there i could live in there by myself but they have people that are living like multiple families i mean it's it's, it's a real thing um and it's really pretty cool so this is something that ken Lowe and you mentioned him and he's the chairperson he is the campaign chair and he set the goal at thirteen million four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I think we've already raised three or four million. I think, if I'm not mistaken, around four point one. Okay, four point one. And then what now is the goal for all of the people who are volunteering, whether that be Mindy or myself? I'm on the campaign cabinet, um, or any of the other individuals that care about our community. The real focus now is to try to do what it is that the United Way's vision is and communicate out to everybody. Hey, what is it that they do? Well, Randy did a good job explaining from his perspective. And Bruton, you're doing a good job from your perspective. But I want to ask you the same question I asked Randy, maybe in a little different spin, a little different package. Because when you were coming back from Boston, you mentioned, you know, you probably could have worked anywhere. You could have applied for our jobs at MIG. We were look, we were looking for someone, but you decided on the United Way. So we've got a few minutes left in this segment. 
tell me what um, drew you to the United Way. Well, you know, you mentioned it earlier uh, at the start of the show that United Way is a volunteer-run organization, mm. and that really appealed to me um, to be able to help the community I was moving back into mm. and try and improve it, but not from a top-down perspective of uh, nonprofit staff telling everyone what needed to happen, but the community really telling us and directing us what they wanted and what would be the most helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also... The, the people that work at United Way are some of the best coworkers I've ever had. Um, I'm sure Ben would joke that I'm still in the honeymoon phase because it's only been 90 days. Right, but right. Um, it really is a fantastic organization that does a lot of great work mm-hmm. in the community. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And, and I love the focus, too, as we mentioned with Randy. You know, health, education, financial stability, those are really the focal points. And, and, and you know, we're going to talk in the last segment. We'll get more into that because I'd like to get your perspective on some of those items. And I think that part of what maybe drew me to the United Way is is just what we've been talking about. They have the programs that are specific to those three pillars. So, uh, you know, Emerald Youth may have a ton of programs, but the dollars that we invest are specific to those three areas, health, education, and financial stability. And I love that because they're really making the most out of those dollars that are donated. And every child, every adult that has a need, there's there's definitely a need. We know that. But there's not always a dollar for that need. And, and so that's why we're doing this, you know. Um, so we're thankful. We're definitely grateful to be a part of it. Thank you to Bruton also for coming in. And we've got one more segment. Hang around with us right here on the Housing Hour. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, Kevin Ray, thank you so much for joining us. This is our five-part series on the United Way. We're so thankful for our guests and their time commitment, and we know that there's a lot going on. Life is, is very, very busy right now for a lot of people. Um, definitely appreciate last week having David Brace on and um, definitely, uh, Ben Landers, that guy is busy, um, as, as everyone there is. Um, yesterday I had the opportunity to go on a couple of tours, which I really enjoyed. And when I got back, when we got back, you know, lunch was provided and, um, the group that I was with, which was a cry light group, um, uh, you know, Ben stopped what he was doing. He was in a meeting and he stopped what he was doing and he came in and I thought he was going to give like just the quick elevator sort of speech, but no, he invested like 20 minutes with those folks and really, you know, just dug in and said, here's what the United Way. It was just like, you know what? I bet you he says these same things 25, 30 times a day. The the other thing is, is that he's so sincere. You know, it's like Ben Landers, like he is the United Way. 23 years in Knoxville, 39 years total with the United Way. I mean, he ex- he is exactly what it is that the United Way stands for. And I think it's so fascinating. And when I talked to David about why it was that he joined the United Way. And then I, I shared some of my comments last week. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm sort of a guy who questions motives sometimes, and I'm, that's not a good thing. But with 
with the United Way, I've sort of examined, you know, the hearts of the people who work there. And I don't mean that, you know, in a weird way, but sort of getting to know them and seeing how they operate and what their goals are and how their mission is fulfilled. And man, the, the folks that I've met, their heart is in the right place. It's really amazing. And not to get too corny or cliche, but the, the heartbeat of the United Way is really something that reverberates throughout the city. And I think it's really a, a blessing that we have such a place. And you, you found some interesting, before we get back to Bruton, um, you found some interesting history and it was talked a little bit about in the CEO summit and also in the kickoff, but people that didn't get to go to those things may not know, but how the United Way started. Well, you know, I'm a history nerd, so mm-hmm. I, I love that piece that is, of it. That is so, what, you're, you know, what you are. Yeah, it's what I am. But, uh, you know, back in 1921, when I was researching uh, ebook that's up on our website, mm-hmm. I also ran across in 1922 um, that the community chest was active in before 1922 mm-hmm. in our community. And that's what's on Monopoly board. Mm-hmm. You know, you get two cards, there's chance, and then there's community chest. Mm-hmm. Well, the community chest was in Knoxville before then. That's what United Way is today. Mm-hmm. It is. They took the community chest in 1922 and, and made it into what it is today from United Way. I think that's pretty cool. It's got a long history into the early 1900s. Yeah. And they, and they have been around for a long time. And um, that's a very interesting antidote. And I'll tell you another thing too, with what I look at, and you think, okay, I'm going to invest in something, right? And this is what David was talking about last week, and I love it. And, Bruton, I want to get your opinion about it. But first of all, I don't like investing in the stock market, okay? I I have some friends who do, um, and I'm not going to mention any names, but they sort of led me astray <laughs> a couple of times. No, I'm kidding. But but Mark did give me some guidance, and you know, I just didn't listen. And so I don't like investing money. So that's why I hire an expert to do it. You know, someone who knows what they're doing. They they run our 401k or the money that Pam and I invest. They run that money. And so in your if you're wanting to invest in a community and you want those dollars to be spent on what's going to be best for the community, right? Then that's what the United Way does. So, Bruton, why don't you share your thoughts? I mean, is that is that sort? Did I describe that correctly? Is that kind of what they do? Yeah, I think that's a great description of mm. what it is that we do. And you know, part of the added benefit of United Way is that most of the people in our community that need help don't just need service from one of our agencies. Mm. It's often, oh. you know. Five plus different agencies that touch each of their lives to try and get them out of whatever situation they're in or give them the help that they need. Mm -hmm. So United Way isn't just, you know, hitting one piece of the problem. It's sort of a collaborative full force. Every agency you need is there for whatever you need. Mm -hmm. I, I think what's really impressive is when you go to their website and you see all the agencies that they fund or partially fund. And I know this firsthand because I was in. Boy Scouts. And and part of Boy Scouts, I started uh, doing a fundraising called Friends of Scouting. And so you would go out and speak to different groups and everything trying to raise money. Well, in my pie chart was Mm. how Scouts were funded in the Great Smoky Mountain Council was different pies, but a large section of that pie was United Way contributions. Mm -hmm. So I would play off of that, say United Way gives to here. We need to fill in the gap, you know, for Friends of Scouting. United Way can't do it all. Oh, if they had all the money, they could do it all. Right. But if we, you know, but that was real important. And we're just one organization of gobs mm. of organizations that they support. We actually, 52. we 52 mm-hmm. agencies, um, and it's 112 programs that are run through those 52 agencies. Right. And that's a question that's that important. I had asked Randy as well, you know, and, and we'll, 
we'll talk about it again because I do think it's important. You know, you have these 112 programs. And so some people on the outside looking in want to give to one of the different um, organizations, Salvation Army or whatever it might be. Well, they have more programs than what we fund. They just, we select the ones, United Way selects the, the ones that that have health, education, and financial stability as a part of their focal point, yes. right? Yes, and I, I, I want to be clear that it's United Way volunteers mm-hmm. um, that go through a yes. very competitive selection process. Mm-hmm. So it is anyone can submit their information for their program. And, you know, that was, you know, Randy mentioned that accountability. That's what we do is that our volunteers judge what the grant requests are and mm-hmm. then allocate the money based on, you know, what they see as the need in the community and yeah. how they think that program will actually get results for improving the community. You know, I, I've talked a lot about it during this series about wanting to be accountable. And I think that everyone wants to be accountable. And when, when you, when you have a team like Mindy has helped me understand this when, you know, cause she's developing a team at mortgage investors group and, you know, we all want to be accountable. We want to have, um, and one thing that she does great is her coaching and you have one-on-ones with your individual, um, employees. And you talk about what your goals are, what is it that you're doing? What are your, what are your pain points? How can we help you improve? What is your blueprint? for success and are you following it? And wow, that's what the United way does. And it's, it's not like, I mean, if I were in the situation of an agency and I was the director at big brother, big sister, and I had this huge void of funding, I'm going to be willing to do whatever it takes because I'm that passionate about what it is that we're doing. And I'm going to follow whatever guidelines they give us because guess what? Their blueprint is a blueprint for success. And that's, that's really cool. And you nailed it. Um, and, and the places that you went, the, um, Susanna, you went with, um, Ken, um, can I call him Ken? I don't know if that's a, an official title, but, um, Ken, um, our chairperson for the campaign, um, you saw that in action, didn't you? I did. Talk a little bit about your experience with the agencies. I did. We actually, we visited, uh, five different agencies, mm-hmm. um, from volunteer ministry center to the sunshine industries and Susanna's house. Um, and it was actually my second day on the job. Wow. So I really jumped into the deep end wow. and to see all of the great work that United Way does. Um, and, and I have to say, Susanna's house, I don't know if mm. you've been to that agency mm. yet, but the work that they do to help mothers overcome their opioid addictions is really, really amazing. Um, mm. Rebecca is going to be on next week. Put a plug in. She's the director of their service. Yeah, they um, – they provide childcare as well as counseling, um, and you know she said it in our campaign video that's on our website. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. it yet, that they don't just um, get them a job; they want to get them a reason to be sober mm-hmm. and something that they want to stay sober for. Um, so yeah, yeah, right. it, yeah it, that's so true. It's impressive. The video was really impressive because when he was holding that little baby, the eight month old that was addicted to opioids, is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. It was really a, a moment for him and he described it at the kickoff and he almost felt like he was getting emotional a little bit because it really became, it came full circle for him and he was able to identify what it is that he's doing and the time he's spending and be able to look in that baby's eyes and say, this is what it's all about. Yeah. That little baby. No, it it definitely is. I have to say, as a mom, that entire time mm. I was scared to death that mm. that 
child is going to ruin his shirt somehow, but it was a really, really wonderful moment. Yeah, that is funny. That's funny. Well, <laughs> I think that that would have probably been the last thing he would be concerned about, but you're right. And I tell you, when I went to um, Salvation Army um, and were, was able to look at the different things that we support, and one of them is a fam- families that have domestic abuse, and inside of this one particular area, they have, you know, families in each room and some have two kids, some have one. This one that we um, went and, and was able to tour was a, a small room, not no bigger than this room right here. And they had four kids and it was one mother. And so they had three beds. It was two beds and then one cot for four kids and one adult. But we support that that whole avenue and they're happy these folks are getting what they need and the only reason that they're able to fulfill that promise is because of the united way of greater knoxville so with that being said we're ending this show for today thank you so much bruton for coming in thanks for having me thank you to mark thank you to also mindy and adam our producer Um, we're going to continue the third part of our show with the voice of the balls bob kessling next week right here on news talk 98.7 we'll see you then 